0: at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. Good morning, Park Lawn.
1: I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So privileged to be able to stand before you. Thank you again. I said it last week, but I thank, uh, thank you, church, for your vote of confidence as we Seek to move forward into the things that God yet has remaining for us. We are Park Lawn. Amen. Celebrate God one time for that. And while you're clapping your hands, let's celebrate God for our senior leaders. Bishop Walter Harvey, Lady Judy Harvey. Come on. Let's thank God for their leadership, their faithfulness. We honor them in their, their absence. Bishop is on assignment, uh, functioning uh, in, 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 in part in that role that he's been talking about for so long in terms of being repositioned. I'm sure uh, when he returns, he'll share some details about uh, some of his journey. But please do pray for him um, and them as they are uh, yet doing the work of the Lord in other places. Amen. Amen. I want to do something real quick. If you could, please. I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 13 and just hold that place. If you will. And we're going to read verses one through seven. Joshua 13, verses 1 through 7. How many of you love the Word of God? Uh, That was a little bit weak. (laughs) Come on, this is the best-selling book of all time. How many of you love the Word of God? Generation after generation, author after author, time span after time span, the Word of God is yet relevant in our lives. God is so awesome his omniscience, he knew before you knew. Amen. We have been studying and sharing on the topic of the crossover uh, since the first Sunday in January, and it is a reference to the succession plan that uh, we are in the midst of, but it is also, I believe, in the spirit realm a reference to what God is doing all across the body of Christ. If you pay attention, there's a changing of the guard all across the body of Christ. Uh, God is doing something. uh, I'm careful to say doing something new because when it's him, it's already done, uh, but it's new to us. There's some new things that God wants to uh, cause to unfold and um, be unveiled in our lives. And it's really for us to catch up with where God already has been and where he wants us to be. And so this is the next installment in this series uh, related to the crossover. And so we still will be in the book of Joshua. And uh, I just want to give a bit of a preview, a plug. If you have a significant uh, uh, other in your life, um, a a, a female, a a sister, an auntie, a mother, a cousin, a niece, uh, please invite them for next Sunday uh, to hear the second part of today's message Um, because we're going to focus on the ladies. Amen. I believe that God has an inheritance for women um, that in many cases has been denied them and they've been deprived of it, Uh, but God says not so. What I have ordained is from eternity, and it is my sovereign will that you step into the fullness of your inheritance. If you believe that, say amen. So ladies, you don't want to miss uh, next Sunday, but we are studying the crossover, and so we pick up today In Joshua chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and the Bible says, when Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, you are growing old and much land remains to be conquered. If you have a highlighter or a pen, you should please highlight that or underline that. Much land remains to be conquered. Verse 2, this is the territory that remains, all the regions of the Philistines and the, 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 the Gerashites. Geshurite, sorry, in the larger territory of the Canaanites, extending from the stream of Shior to the border of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron. It includes the territory of the five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, the land of the Avites in the south also remains to be conquered. In the north, the following area has not yet been conquered. All the land of the Canaanites, including Mira, which belongs to the Sidonians, stretching northward to Aphek, Aphek on the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebalites and all of the Lebanon mountain area to the east, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath and all the hill country from Lebanon to Mishrafath, Mayim, including all the land of the Sidonians, God says this, I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites. So be sure to give this land to Israel as a special possession, just as I have commanded you. Include all this territory as Israel's possession when you divide this land among the nine tribes and the half tribe of Israel. Manasseh. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you help me to preach it. May it be your words, God, that, I, that, that penetrate and that do a work in the hearts of the hearer. In Jesus' awesome name, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask a quick question, a little bit of a poll. How many of you would prefer to be blessed over being lucky? If that's you, just raise your hand and the, the, you, you would prefer to say, I'm blessed. But I'm not lucky. Amen. Now, if you're blessed, why don't you give God some praise real quick, real quick, real quick. All the blessed people make some noise. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Well, I asked that question, I figured I would have some, some support in, in, in the room today. And, and I, I, I want to make a point as we as we look to talk about the crossover. I want to speak from the subject today, go get it. Some of you may recognize that that's a, a song that was uh, uh, written and performed by the gospel duo, Mary Mary. They said, go get it, go get your blessing. And I want to make the point today that there are blessings that are for you that uh, uh, God has already said is yours, but it's up to you to go ahead and obtain those things. And I think about luck versus being blessed. And there's a song by the gospel artist. Uh, Many of you know who he is. His name is Jonathan McReynolds. And he has a song that says, not lucky, I'm loved. And I just want to read these lyrics to help set some context context right now. He says, maybe I succeed a little. I jumped up from the floor to the middle. You think I want the credit? I don't. Because that glory ain't made for me. No. I know who sits on the throne who makes the stage and writes the songs. And I know I, I couldn't do this on my own. And as much as I complain, I've seen more sunshine than rain. And I could thank my lucky stars, but that's not where my blessings are. No, they they come from the Father's heart, not the sky, not chance, but truth is, I'm not lucky, I'm loved. I'm not lucky but I'm loved by God. And it's important that we frame this this text and this this topic of going to get it in this way because if we think that the success we've had, the the good fortune that we've had has come by luck, then what that means is that our philosophy or our outlook is rooted uh, not in blessing per se, but it's rooted in chance. Chance is, is based on something that you really can't you can't grab a hold to its fickle it it, 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 it really it, it really relies on things that you and I really have no basis upon uh, establishing our, our our belief or our hope or our our faith on the on the contrary, love is linked to promises and promises are actually linked to blessings I celebrate the love of God because it was God who, it was his love that prompted God to send the Lord Jesus Christ to die for me. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave. And so because of the love of God, I'm, 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 an, I'm a, an heir of his generosity. And because I'm an heir of his generosity, I receive Jesus Christ when I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. And when I received Jesus Christ, I received the blessings of God. The reason why is because of a man that, 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 that preceded me by ages and generations, and his name is Abraham. The Bible says that God blessed Abraham. The Bible says that, that God made some promises to Abraham, and the Scripture says in Genesis 15 and 6 that Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him or accounted to him as, as righteous. In other words, it's an accounting perspective. When God looked at his balance or he looked at his ledger, he accounted it to, or accredited to him as righteousness because of his faith. In other words, Abraham didn't have to have a whole record of God's accomplishments. Abraham didn't even have to see God. Abraham actually heard God. He heard what God said and he trusted God. He had no, no prior experience with this particular deity to be able to follow him from a land that he knew well to a land that he had no clue about. But Abraham believed God and God said, I account that to you as righteousness because you believe me. And the Bible says that if we are in Christ Jesus that we are heirs we are heirs of the promise because God said this to Abraham he said Abraham through your seed, all the families, all the nations on the earth will be blessed. And Paul lets us know in Galatians chapter three that that seed actually is Christ. So therefore, if I'm in Christ, then I'm an heir to the promises that God made to Abraham. There was a covenant that God established with Abraham, and in this particular covenant, uh, there's one scholar that says there are at least 60 promises just to Abraham that are a part of this covenant. So what the Bible helps us to understand that because we believe and we receive our salvation, our righteousness by faith, then we are like our father Abraham. Why? Because Abraham established the the, the foundation of believing God, of believing and and having faith toward God. So if I believed and I'm like my father, my ancestor Abraham in the faith. Abraham believed God, and it was accredited accredited to him as righteousness. And because Christ is that seed that was to come, because I believe in Christ, now I'm also an heir of those promises. And because I'm an heir of those promises, I can expect some blessings to come my way. The Bible says this. You can write this this down, Galatians 3.14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. Uh, Galatians 3.29, and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to to the promise so the love of God has has brought me into this covenant even though I really did nothing to deserve it I did nothing to earn it but because I'm connected to God through the Lord Jesus Christ I have access to these promises and because I have access to these promises I also have access to blessings the Bible lets us know that Abraham was tremendously blessed this was a man who who had flocks the Bible says and herds and he had silver and he had gold and he he had men and maidservants, and he he had peace, and he had healing, and he had a long life. Uh, the blessings that he experienced, they, they went on to influence the life of his son, Isaac. Isaac also had flocks and herds and great stores of servants. The Bible says that there was no record of illness in the life of Isaac. And the same is recorded for Jacob, no record of illness, wealth. So the blessings began to flow from generation to generation and that means that the same blessings that flow from to those generations they also flow to me they flow to you they flow to us why because we are part of the family of Abraham by faith through Christ Jesus and so because God loved me and he sent he sent Jesus for me, and through Jesus Christ, I have access to these same promises, these, 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 these same blessings. They, they belong to me. And what we must understand, and I believe God wants us to help us to grasp this, is that the crossover uh, that you may have experienced or the crossover that you, you may be looking for or believing God for or expecting God to deliver to you is not something that you earn. Paul says that God's way of making us right with Him is by faith. In other words, I, I can't do enough. I can't acquire enough credentials. I, I can't get enough uh, coins in my bank account. I, I, can't, I can't live on the right street and, and get His righteousness. I, I cannot do anything in and of my own self to earn what God has for me by promise. And so that means that the crossover. And we learn about how Joshua and the Israelites, they crossed over into the promised land. They, they crossed the Red Sea. They, they crossed the Jordan River. They crossed into this land flowing with milk and honey. But it was not because they crossed that they were able to obtain it. Yes, they had to engage in the physical act. But the promised land was theirs before they even showed up on the scene because it was God's plan to bless them in advance. What we have to understand is that the crossover is not earned, but it, is re- it rests upon the premise of the promise of God. We have to recognize that God wants to blow our mind with his bounty and his abundance. And too often his children settle for less. God does not want us to settle for less than the full obtainment of all of his promises thousands and thousands of promises. You think you 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 think God is okay with you just having a few of those promises. No 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 come on Jesus didn't shed a, a, a little bit of his blood he, he didn't shed a few drops of his blood he gave all of Himself. The blood was shed, not so that you can tiptoe through the tulips, and not so you, you 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 can only get a little bit of what God has. God gave His Son, and the Son gave His life so that you and I can come into the God kind of life. The Greek calls that Zoe life, the only kind of life that God can give. You and I cannot find it on this earth. We cannot find it in M M K E. We can't find it in Las Vegas. We can't find it in New York City we cannot find it in Miami we cannot find it in LA it's only rendered by God I don't want to be lucky I'd rather be blessed Hallelujah. Because I, if 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 I'm blessed, then what that means, this is what it literally means when you combine the Greek and the Hebrew. It literally means that if I'm blessed, that I've been endued with beneficial power from on high to produce well-being in every area of my life. So I don't have to ask God to bless me because if I'm in Christ Jesus, the blessings automatically flow to me. What I need is a revelation. I need insight. I need the Lord to open my eyes. I I need God to give me context and give me revelation so that I can understand that what he has for me is for me and no devil in hell can take it from me. No boss. Come on. No family member can deny me what God has for me by promise. Somebody say go get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His promises are acceptable to me. Come on. It's it's, it's not cash. It's not a line of credit. It's the promises of God. It's the promises of God, and they belong to me because God has established a covenant. That's what the Testaments mean, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Jesus established a new and living way. I don't need the blood of bulls and goats any longer. I I, I don't need to engage in those different types of activities to earn anything from God or to fulfill all righteousness. If I believe, somebody say believe, if you believe, it's yours. By promise. And so my crossover is connected to covenant. I exchange my life for his. Isn't this interesting? This is why people that deny God, that's why I believe the psalmist says you a fool. <laughs> the fool says there's no God. Come on. We put our trust in people that we know will steal from us. We put more confidence in people that we know are shisty and spicy and shady. But we won't believe a God who proved his love by giving his very best. He gave his very best. That's what a covenant is. It's a formal agreement between two or more parties. And they and they, and they they say the best of what I have, I'm going to give to the other. It's an exchange. The, the, the difference with us is we had nothing of worth. We had nothing of note to give to God. Hallelujah. And so really it all rested upon him. We couldn't put enough money up to establish a full com- a covenant with the Lord God. But what he asked us to do is to give our life. And he gave his life hallelujah the son Jesus gave his life because covenants had to be ratified by blood the scripture says the life is in the blood so Jesus gave his blood he gave his life and so what God asks us for is his life he asked us to lay down. In other words, we have to deny our opinions. We, we we have to subordinate what we think about God's plan and just accept and receive God's plan. We have to draw a line in the sand and make a decision like William McDowell said. I won't go back to the way that I used to be. That's what he's asking you for. He's not asking you to put up 50K. Come on. He's not asking you to be able to acquire some property on his behalf. He's not even asking you to write a book. God says, just give, give yourself to me. Just give me your heart. (laughs) Come on, give me your mind. Give me your strength. He said, give me your worries. Give me your cares. Give it to me. God wants us to to, to activate and to step into the fullness of his promises. And so some of us might have thought that this crossover was just about me and Bishop Harvey. Ah, but God is speaking to the body of Christ. He's speaking to the the entire church here at, at Park Lawn. And, and, and what I notice is that we sang the song, we about to cross over. We sang the song and, and we preached the messages. And, and I believe that some of us have experienced a degree of crossover, hallelujah. Some of us have experienced some breakthrough and some healing. Some of us have have, have, have had some restoration of relationships. God has done some mending. He's done some tweaking in our hearts. Where we couldn't love, now we have capacity to love. Where we couldn't see the Lord as he has lighted up our darkness. God has done some great things. Ah, but the Lord wants us to know that he's not done yet. And so we have to go get some more. Yes, you thought that was it. You thought because the song is not being sang right now that that was it, that the crossover is over. And when we go into another month, we're not going to talk about the crossover. But the crossover is perpetual. And in fact, it is a total experience. God is God. God wants you to do a holistic crossover. That was the problem with Israel. The Bible says they came out of Egypt and they went into the Promised Land. Uh, uh, actually, on their way to the Promised Land, but guess what? They had the they had the the trials and they had the remembrance of Egypt on the inside of them. They left Egypt, but Egypt was still on the inside of them. And so they didn't fully cross over. And so because they still long for those leeks and those onions and they still longed for what was familiar, they they, they were willing to forego and forfeit the promise of God for what they knew they could put their hands to and what they knew that they could expect from leadership and what they knew that they could expect from those around them. They were willing to forfeit the promise of God to go back. Somebody say, I can't go back. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not today. I'm not going back. I've come too far from where he's brought me from to go back right now come on i said too many tears i lost too much it's too pricey i can't go back there it's too expensive it's not worth my peace it's not worth my joy it's not worth my happiness i cannot go back i gotta get total victory i got to come all the way out hallelujah You came out that relationship, okay, now God wants to work on that heart. He wants to work on that mind so that when you hear certain songs, it don't trigger a memory and cause you to want to go back. He wants you to be completely free. I have to believe that it's mine. I have to believe that it's a promise I don't have to earn it. Because we live in a meritocracy, so they say. We believe that, 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 that our relationship with God is transactional, Elder Greg. We think that if we don't do a, th- a certain thing, that God, Minister Tim, doesn't love us anymore. If we mess up, God doesn't love us anymore. I have to do something in order to be restored to God's love. Now, if I sin, yes, I need to make confession. If I sin, I do need to repent because the blood of Jesus Christ set the matter for all time, signed, sealed, and delivered. I am righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. So every time you mess up, just know that you have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. If you mess up, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for my sin. The Lord look, the Lord Jesus Christ looks at the Father and says, Father, remember, I shed my blood for that one. And the Father goes back to the book and says, Oh, yeah, I see it right here. Hallelujah. Not guilty. You are still justified. He's not going back to the cross to do it all over again because you cussed yesterday. He, he's not going back to the cross because you fuzz a little bit on the numbers <laughs> Oh, you don't want to say nothing this morning. He's not going back to the cross so that you can get a reset or a do-over. The blood of Jesus Christ has an eternal effect. Perpetually, you are covered by the blood. And if that's true, then that means that the promises of God cannot be denied me. I'm the only one that gets in the way. Satan can't even stop what God has for me. Look at what happened with Job. The Bible says that the the, the Lord God, he said, have you considered my servant Job? Job was blessed before the suffering. He was blessed before the trial. And guess what? He was blessed afterwards because God had already established that what was for him was his by covenant. It wasn't because he was lucky he had double for his trouble. No, no. It wasn't because it was chance. We cannot deviate from faith, people of God. If we, if we started the crossover in 2020, if we began in faith, guess what? We have to continue in faith. The same faith that allows you to get to the, the point to, at what you, where you are right now is that same faith that's going to carry you through. But if I deviate, then I'm falling back. If I, if I deviate from faith, then I'm dealing with faith and not destiny. If I deviate from faith, then I'm dealing with luck and not covenant blessings. If I deviate from faith, then I'm shifting from grace and I'm relying on good fortune that may or may not come from my works. If I deviate from faith, then in effect, I'm playing the lotto with my life. How many people love playing a lottery? Up here? Uh-oh, don't raise your hand right there. How many people? Don't tell on yourself, I'm coming down somebody's street today. Jesus We have those pictures. uh, I got a a couple pictures. I just want to give some facts about the lottery. I'm going to help somebody today. Yes, I am. Them numbers. We've been playing numbers for a long time. Oh, yeah. About half of Americans say, according to the Gallup poll, about half of Americans say they have bought a state lottery ticket within the last year. Now, I'm not a mathematician. But if I do the math, it's just a hope, in this room, if I apply that to this room, somebody done played the lottery this year. It's quiet. Americans spend an average of $206 on lotto tickets. The U.S. lotto total spending is $80.5 billion. 60 to 80% of adults over 18 purchase a lottery ticket at one time or another. 64% of lottery winners are over the age of 50. Silver Saints? I'm gonna keep on going. Over 1,300 tickets won at least $1 million on either Powerball or Mega Millions from 2013 to 2015. Lottery winners are more likely to declare bankruptcy within three to five years than the average American. Nearly one third of lottery winners eventually declare bankruptcy. If you ask me what my opinion is, my opinion, the lottery is nothing more than a state tax in costume. It's a glorified government levy. If my faith is not in the promises of God, which is based upon what He said, His word, then I'm essentially playing the lotto with my life. I'm relying on luck and chance and not faith. That's not how we go into the promise of God. It's not by luck because we already established it's by promise. Let's do some, 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 some compare and contrast here. The lotto is reliance on chance, uh, God's way is a guarantee. The lotto means that it, you don't really know the number in advance. You're guessing. God gives you the number. He gives you the code. He gives you the answers. And so we had that picture of the numbers up. Guess what? God got some numbers, too. You know what those numbers are? I'm going to give you guys numbers. You can, you can play these numbers anytime time, and it's going to work for you. He got two numbers, Dr. Greer, 66. Two numbers. Sixty six. 16. six. Six is the number of man. One six is for the first Adam. The other six is for the second Adam. The first Adam went by chance and not by promise. Adam messed up in the garden. He took a chance on something somebody told him who was not God. Brother Roy, be careful who you listen to. Ain't that right? Be careful who you you let get in your ear, even if it's the closest person in your life. If what they are telling you is not by promise, you need to throw it out. The first Adam took a chance. The second Adam stayed focused on the will of God, and his name is Jesus. God has given you 66 books in the Bible, people of God. That's the only numbers you need to know. You don't need to know, oh, what's your niece's birthday? And, and, and what day did your baby, was your baby born? No, you don't need to know them numbers to try to, by chance, fulfill or, 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 or achieve or obtain some blessing. God has already ordained for you to be blessed. So I don't have to play games. I don't have to take chances. All I have to do is plug in to what God said for me. God loves me. He's not going to exploit me. The the lottery exploits people. Come on. You're not playing with house money, if I can put it in those terms. The house is always going to win. Don't think that because somebody hit two years ago that you're going to hit. I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit uh, 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 regular right now in in my speech and my grammar, but I'm trying to make it as plain as possible. God does not want us to play the lotto with our lives. He didn't play the lotto with Jesus. Come on, that wasn't luck or chance. That was a decision based upon his promise. If we're not careful, we'll begin to play the lotto with our lives. And here's what it looks like. The lotto looks like comfort. We get comfortable. We get comfortable. And God does not want us to get comfortable in Canaan. And what would have what, happened is that we, we will say, we, we done crossed over. We done crossed over. We done crossed over and now I'm good. Okay, let me translate that. Okay, I got a nice house. I got a nice little car, you know. Got some money in the bank account. We went on a vacation to the place that we've been wanting to go for a long time. Got nice toys in my crib. Got some nice threads on. You know, I pop my collar every now and then. I come to church looking sharp. I go to meetings at work looking sharp. I, I, that's not crossover in its entirety. But what happens is we begin to limit what God can do in our life. And then we turn around and ask God, why are you are not moving in my life? It's because you stopped believing my promises and you started playing the lotto with your life what you got to understand is that Canaan was promised to Israel before they even came on the scene the Bible says that God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 that he was going to bring his people he said your your descendants are going to come back to this same land he told Moses I've heard the groanings I've heard the cries of my people and I'm coming he said I'm going to take them out of this mess and deliver them into a land that's flowing with milk and honey in other words when they went in. It wasn't based upon what they did. God already made up his mind. I'm going to bless them. And so that brings us to the text. I'm not going to be much longer. The Bible says that Joshua was an old man. And, he, and, and, and the Lord told him, you're getting old. And much land remains to be conquered park lawn don't get comfortable in canaan there's much land that remains to be conquered you think we playing games when we say there's a northwest campus that we are birthing we're not playing games what we're saying is there's much more land that remains to be conquered come on we're going to be doing things that we've not seen yet we cannot believe that because we got a nice building and because we got things that are going pretty well that it's all over There is more. Somebody say, go get it. The Bible lets us know that Joshua and the Israelites fought for seven years. Seven years of battle and 31 kings later. Imagine that. 31 and 0. God was knocking them out. Knocking them out. 31 and 0. 31 kings later, Israel gained control of the land. And Joshua began to fulfill the requirement of Moses. He began to divide the land up among the tribes. But here's what happened. Joshua dismissed the national army. See, when they they defeated all of those different kings, it was a national, it was a collective effort, it was a a confederation of uh, Israelite tribes. Now, as Joshua is given the land out, Each tribe was responsible for clearing out their own land. In other words, control was in the hands of the Israelites. God filled what he said. But how many of you know, as good as God is to you, there are some battles that you're going to have to fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's going to make a way out of nowhere, but that does not mean that you don't have to show up for warfare at any point in time we were singing that song, we about to cross over, when we were singing a song and people was getting breakthrough and deliverance, that represented the national army. (laughs) That represented the the collective and the collection of, of tribes, if you will, here at the church. All warring, all fighting, singing, praising, dancing, hearing the word, sharing together. But guess what? When you go home, there's some land that still needs to be conquered. And so, in respect to Black History Month, what I see, Minister Tim, is that we need to have a a Harriet Tubman mentality You see, Harriet Tubman did not get comfortable. No, no, she, she could have been free all by herself. And went on to live a life free of risk and and danger but she said no that's not enough for me we got to get a not enough attitude like harriet said the bible not the bible but the 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 history books say that that she said uh, i could have freed a whole bunch more if i could have only convinced them that they were slaves Now, I'm not going to call anybody a slave because we're not slaves. Through Christ, we are redeemed from the bondage of sin. But what I will say is if we can convince folks that God has so much more, then you will leave your comfort place and go all the way. Somebody say all the way. Somebody say go get it. You see, what happened is Harriet knew what to do to get free. Right? She knew how to get free. She knew how to prepare. She knew how to plan. She knew all the the nooks and the crannies. She knew the hiding places. She also knew all the pitfalls. So once you get free, that means you can help somebody else get free. That's why we're gonna keep the main thing the main thing. That's why we're gonna focus on evangelism and we're gonna focus on raising up strong disciples because it's not a, it's not just about you crossing over. God has some more land to be conquered. Hallelujah. Come on, Burla is some land that yet needs to be conquered. Roosevelt Drive and 50th Street needs to be conquered. 35th Street, hallelujah, needs to be conquered for the king. So that his domain can be established in our city. There's more land, Joshua. There's more land, Parkland, that needs to be conquered. Let me keep going. Can we put up Joshua 17, 14 through 18? Don't get comfortable. In other words, we have to have a bigger vision for ourselves. We have to have a bigger vision for our families and for our communities. Now, Let's look at this. The Bible says this. The descendants of Joseph came to Joshua and asked, why have you given us only one portion of land as our homeland when the Lord has blessed us with so many people? Joshua replied, if there are so many of you and if the hill country of Ephraim is not large enough for you, clear out land for yourselves in the forest where... The Perizzites and Rephites live. The descendants of Joseph responded, It's true that the hill country is not large enough for us, but all the Canaanites in the lowlands have iron chariots. Both those in Bethshan and its surrounding settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel, they are too strong for us. Then Joshua said to the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph, Since you are so large and strong, you will be given more than one portion. The forests of the hill country will be yours as well. Clear as much of the land as you wish and take possession of its father's corners and you will drive out the Canaanites from the valleys too, even though they are strong and have iron chariots. God wants to liberate us from making excuses as to why we can't go farther and go deeper in him. He wants to liberate us from that small-minded thinking The Bible says they came and said, how come you gave everybody else more than you gave us? That sounds like church folks. That sounds like some hating. Why they get to have all this and I only have this. But look at what God does through Joshua. He affirms them. He don't get mad at them. He says, look, you got what it takes to go get more. In other words, look, it's been promised to you. So go get it. It's yours. So go get it. I'm going to say it again. It's yours. So go get it. But I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is going to get it required that they go into the forest. And we don't like going into the forest, pastors. <laughs> we don't like going into the forest. You know why? Cuz the forest is dark. The forest is scary. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Come on, people go into the forest and they don't come out. I might get lost in the forest. We don't want to go into those places that are a little bit uncomfortable for us. But God is saying if you clear out those uncomfortable places, he's saying if you deal with those places that you have tucked away then you can come into the full inheritance of everything that I have for you. In other words, Park Lawn, it's not on God if you are not prospering more than you believe you should be right now. It's on you, he said, go get it. If you are willing to fight for it, then you can have all the land. If you are willing to lay it on the line for it, then you can obtain everything that I promised you. God is not playing a lotto with our lives, saints. It's ours by promise. Don't be like the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh and make excuses. Let me come down your street. Here's what this looked like. (laughs) Instead of asking for forgiveness, I'm going to go to 11 a.m. service so I don't have to see them. Instead of submitting, I'm going to go to another church. Oh, no, we didn't. Yes, I did say that. And in, instead of breaking up with him or her, I'm only going to call him on weekends. That's called compromise. It's also called foolish. Why stay bound? Stand, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage, which is sin. Stop playing games with your life. Stop playing games with God. God is not the state. He's not the federal government. God is the sovereign of the universe. Hallelujah. And his arms are long enough to touch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll touch you if he have to, to get your attention and help you to understand that I don't play them games. I'm God, remove your shoes, Moses, for the place you stand on is holy ground. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. I am God. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. I don't play games. Recognize and realize who I am, church. Recognize and realize that i promise some things to you. And I don't renege on my promises. The only thing that can keep you out from receiving the promises of God is if you don't believe. Because your lack of belief will deny you activity in your mind that will say, I can go. And if you don't think you can in your mind, then guess what? Your two feet are not going to move. And so what happens is you stay stuck. You stay complacent. You don't move into the fullness of the promise of God. You stay stuck. And you like the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, you start, you start hating on other people. How come they got it and I don't? It's because they made the decision that I'll go into the forest. They made the decision that I'm willing to fight for it. They made the decision that I'm not content staying where I am. Yes, he's been good to me. Yes, he brought me out. Yes, he lifted me. But I believe that there is more. We've been we the the, the world has been mourning Kobe Bryant, and they've been talking about this Mamba mentality. They've been talking about this mentality that Kobe Bryant had that he he didn't give up and he played with broke fingers and he, he he tore his Achilles, people, and he still went to the free throw line and shot the free throws and guess what? He still made it. It was like mind over matter. He had a mob of mentality. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how tough you are. You could be Teflon down, but I'm still coming. You could be big and bad, like the Jolly Green Giant, but I'm still coming i'm coming that's the mob mentality but i want to raise that up and leave you with something before we get out of here this morning i want to leave you with this i want to raise that up and say not a mob mentality but we need to have a caleb mentality the bible the bible the bible says that caleb was 85 years old he had experienced some blessings from god He had come into the land. But Caleb said, that's not enough because God promised me some things. And so Caleb went to Joshua. He said, Joshua, remember what the Lord said. He said, if I believe and if I go after this land, that land will be mine. And so Joshua, don't forget about me. And so Joshua said, okay, Caleb, if you're willing, you can have that land. Uh, But don't forget, There are some giants in that land. There are some anarchites in that land. Caleb said, no worry. I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. I don't care if they are giants, but I believe God. I believe the word. I stand on the promises, and they are not too big for me. In fact, they're too big to miss. I'm going. I'm going to get it. Somebody say, go get it. Come on. Somebody say, go get it come on somebody say go get it go get it go get it hallelujah go get your blessing go get your breakthrough go get your miracle go get that financial blessing go get it go get your children go get your spouse go get your family go get it They're too big to miss. I'm not a grasshopper, but I'm a giant in him. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I'm not going back. I'm not gonna settle. Hallelujah. Sister Mary Joyner, don't settle. Don't settle. God has more for you. I decree now, breakthrough in your life. I decree now clarity coming to your life. I even hear the Lord saying, those prayers that you've been praying, God says, I heard the prayers. And even like the prophet Daniel, from the first day that you began to pray, the Lord says, I heard you. Yay, Jesus, I need a woman right now to run back there and lay hands on her real quick. Somebody, somebody, somebody real quick. Somebody lay hands on her. In the name of Jesus, yes, God, in the name of Jesus, your breakthrough is yours, by promise. Your deliverance is yours, by promise. Your healing is yours, by promise. It's yours. Come on. I wish somebody will get happy for her with me. I wish somebody will celebrate her. Come on. Shout. It's yours. Come on. It's yours. Hey 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 it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours in the name of jesus god's not playing games he's not playing the lotto don't gamble with your life don't gamble with your miracle don't gamble with your breakthrough it's yours by promise Hallelujah, please sit down. Please, please. We're almost done. We need a Caleb mentality. Three different times the Bible says that Caleb followed the Lord with all of his heart. See, I respect Kobe Bryant, but I don't know what the mama mentality was rooted in. Right? I don't know what what, what it was rooted in, but... The Caleb mentality is rooted in the promise of God. And so what that means is that if I follow him with all my heart, guess what? It's going to lead me to his word. And if I get to his word, I can stand on what it says. And I'm going to stand on the promises of God. So Caleb gives us a few things that we can take with ourselves. Caleb was faithful to God. Caleb had boldness. Caleb was filled with the word. And most importantly, Caleb was willing to fight for it. I want to know, are you willing to fight for it? And I'll leave you with one one last question. How long will you wait to go get what's yours? You see, the Bible says in Joshua 18.3, this is what Joshua said. There were seven tribes that had yet to possess the land that God had already ordained for them. And so what they did is instead of eliminating the enemy, they compromised with them. They enslaved them. And they depended upon them for their economic system. But God says, I don't need help from the world. I'm God all by myself. And so Joshua says to them, how long are you willing to wait before taking possession of the remaining land of the Lord? How long are you going to wait? How long are you going to wait? How long? How long? Don't 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 like Jesus say. Uh, don't say four months and then the harvest. The harvest is ripe right now. How long are you going to wait? There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. There's no male. There's no female. There's no barbarian. There's no Scythian. How long? God is no respecter of persons. How long will you wait? How long will you wait? You don't have to be a leader to receive the promises of God. You don't have to be on the pulpit to receive the promises of God. You don't have to have the microphone to have a voice in your community. You don't have to. How long you going to wait? How long? That's the question of the hour. How long will you wait before you take full possession of everything that God has for you? everyone standing right now i wish i had some folks who would believe god with me to say i'm not just settled or satisfied with the fact that i came into the land i'm not content just being in canaan but i want to eat all the honey i want to get all the milk i want to get all the grapes I want to get all the pomegranates. I want to get everything that God has for me. I'm not leaving anything on the table. I'm not going to play respectability. I'm not going to be polite. I want it all. Somebody say, go get it. The Holy Ghost is saying, go get it. Close your eyes, please. Come on. I just want you to think about what's that barrier in your life? Think about it. What is that barrier? What is the forest in your life? And ask yourself, is it worth missing out on everything that God has for you? It's too many gifts in the room for us to settle for less. It's too many souls that still need to be saved for us to settle for less. Is the forest worth it? Is it worth it? Are the parasites worth it? Are the Repha'ites worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth missing? For some of us, the forest may be a state of being unsaved. You may be in this room and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in the pardoning of your sins. Well, once again, God made that available to you by promise. Salvation is not something that you earn. Jesus paid the price. When he went to the cross, provision was made. He paid the penalty for sin, for transgression. That is the baseline for access to the promises of God. He loves you. He's not mad at you. God wants you to enter into everything that he has. He put his his son's life on the line. And even when we were sinners, smoking, drinking, being loose with our bodies, even when we were sinners and enemies, even if you're not thinking about God, that did not stop him. He loves you that much. And so with eyes closed and heads bowed, I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Lord, I confess today, I'm far from home. I'm a sinner. I'm not living for you. But today, I make a decision. I turn from sin, and I turn to you. I believe Jesus died for my sins, and I believe you raised him from the grave to make me right. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Renew me. Bring new life. Thank you for the shed blood that allows me to receive everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like the prayer team to come forward at this time. If you want prayer before we go, if you like someone to touch and agree with you concerning the forest, maybe, maybe you are a little bit of a a bit of a little bit afraid. Maybe you are a bit hesitant because if I go in the forest, if I go in some of those dark places, it's gonna bring back some memories I don't want to have to deal with. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need somebody to stand with you. Maybe you need somebody who will believe God with you. Don't miss this opportunity come to the altar. The altar means this. The altar represents that the will of God is more important than what I think or believe or want for myself. I need you, God. All eyes still closed. The altars are open. God, we make room for you. We give our hearts and our minds today. We say, yes, Lord, yes. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the blessings. We don't rely on luck. We rely upon what you said. And therefore, we know your blessing belongs to us. Thank you, God. We will go after everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Lawn Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.